welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 946. Toward the middle of the term, I began to hear familiar stories. Stories about a certain red-haired adventurer who had spent the night with Valerian. Stories of a dashing young arcanist with all the powers of Taberlin the Great. It had taken months, but my exploits in Vintus had finally passed their way from mouth to ear all the long miles back to the university. It may be true that when I finally became aware of these stories, I lengthened my shade a bit and wore it more often than before. It might also be the case that I spent a shameful amount of time in alehouses over the next several span, lurking quietly, listening to stories. I might even have gone so far as to offer a suggestion or two. I was young, after all, and it was only natural for me to delight in my notoriety. I thought it would fade in time. Why shouldn't I revel a bit in the sidelong glances my fellow students made? Why not enjoy it while it lasted? Many of the stories centered around me hunting bandits and rescuing young girls, but none of them came terribly close to the truth. No story can move a thousand miles by word of mouth and keep its shape. While the details differed, most of them followed a familiar thread. Young women were in need of rescuing, sometimes a nobleman hired me, sometimes it was a concerned father, a distraught mayor, or a bumbling constable. Most of the time I saved a pair of girls. Sometimes only one, sometimes there were three. They were best friends. They were mother and daughter. I heard one story where there are seven of them, all sisters, all beautiful princesses, all virgins. You know, that sort of story. There was a great deal of variety as to who exactly I was rescuing the girls from. Bandits were fairly common, but there were also wicked uncles, stepmothers, and shamblemen. One story in an odd twist had me rescuing them from Adem mercenaries. There was even an ogre or two. While I did occasionally rescue the girls from a troop of traveling players, I'm proud to say I never heard a story where they were kidnapped by the Edema Ru. The story generally had one of two endings. In the first, I leapt to the battle like Prince Gallant and fought sword on sword until everyone was dead, fled, or appropriately repentant. The second ending was more popular. It involved me calling down fire and lightning from the sky after the fashion of Taberlin the Great. In my favorite version of the story, I met a helpful tinker on the road. I shared my dinner, and he told me of two children stolen from a nearby farm. That's the end of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Nick. Jordana, still away. So this is a really good illustration of Quoth's chickens coming home to roost, brackets, positive, because he has been intentionally kind of spreading rumors about his own exploits and kind of telling the story of his adventures, and now it's gotten to the point where he doesn't even have to do it anymore. Like, it happens by itself like the tale spreads on its own and it's an illustration of how even something that happened like recently like within a year has become so garbled over that time that it bears almost no relation except in the broadest strokes to what actually happened and even the stories start to get conflated with each other right like he like i think the calling down fire and lightning like tabberlin the great is kind of a confusion of his exploits hunting the bandits in the Eld with rescuing the girls who were stolen from Levenshire. Yeah, and the Ada mercenaries being involved is a conflation of, you know, someone knowing that he was palling around with the Ada mercenaries or that they were involved. And I like that. I like that you can kind of see the seams a little bit. You can see how that garbling takes place. Um, and it feels really plausible to me because also what you see are the ingredients from other stories or the, uh, the stock ingredients, like the, yeah. you know, the seven, the seven beautiful princess virgins, which we've all heard a story like that. 
Yeah, the and like that also kind of puts me in mind of the way that like we when when we're adapting a real life story into fiction, like you know when someone's telling you know like uh I don't know like story like you know a movie that's based on World War Two on like events that really happened, but you know you have to make it a little bit more structurally like a story, so you include like characters who didn't exist, but who serve like a narrative function that is familiar. Like you need, Oh, we need like the character in this squad of soldiers who is like the Joker, you know, Mm -hmm. we need, or, you know, we need like the, you know, the French resistance, like peasants who help them, you know, even though that didn't really happen or didn't happen this way or at this point in the story. Yeah. This is not exactly the same thing, but uh, Paul Revere's ride, famous story. Uh, in the truth of it, there were many guys. Paul Revere was one of them and apparently was, you know, not a particularly... He didn't uh, finish the ride. He had yeah. to hand it off to somebody else. Yeah. Well, also, there were like a bunch of them, not just handing off, but like they were all kind of involved doing it together, running different directions. But he's become the main figure. Probably he's become the, the main figure because of a, a poem that was written like a hundred years after the events. Exactly. Sorry, I just went to Boston and took a bunch of tourists shit so i like learned all of this stuff. all right well you should be the one saying this anecdote but the point is the other thing is true where uh a single figure will stand in for the actions of many for the same reason because it is a more compelling story to have a single protagonist a single hero yes which is not what's happening with Quoth, although i would kind of like to see that i would you know i would be interesting and it's you know this is obviously not what the book is about but it would be interesting to have a story about a figure who is kind of wrestling with the fact that he's become the hero and he knows that maybe he's not he's not worthy of that moniker because it's it's other people's efforts that have been conflated with his own or something take that as a writing prompt if you want go ahead and write that story Hmm. i also think it's interesting that like quoth is kind of you know, he's puffed up a bit. He's, uh, you know, he's he's high on his own supply. He's like enjoying hearing all these stories about himself and contributing to them a little bit. And there's a line that's, that's kind of interesting where he talks about the sidelong glances he was getting from other students, but it's not actually totally clear how many other people in his life and in like, you know, how many of the people who like know who he is at the university have connected him to these stories, you know, like, I think that's left deliberately kind of ambiguous. Like maybe Quoth is imagining a little bit that people go, oh, my God, Quoth must really have gone to Fuleri and he must really have done all this stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, so it's also unclear to me if he's named, like, we yes, know that exactly. some people... He's not. <laughs> yeah. In the frame, some people... Uh, you know, many people, in fact, say like, oh, yeah, I know all about Quoth, the stories of Quoth the Bloodless and blah, blah, blah. So maybe that comes. But in these stories, you know, is, are they saying, you know, red haired Quoth, traveler from the university? Or is it just stories that he recognizes that he is the hero of, even though it's not explicit in the storytelling? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're about to learn that at least a couple of people get get this connection made explicit for them because they're Quoth's friends. Mm-hmm. But I think that I, I would wager that for the rest of the university population who like only know him as like an acquaintance or a guy you like see in class sometimes that if they are making these connections, it's a lot more tenuous. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if it was me and I was hearing stories about a classmate who was full of himself, I would think that he made them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that's a good point too. Especially if you already kind of know that he has a reputation for like crafting his own mythos a little bit or like being a bit of a drama queen. Like if you if you happen to see him get flogged and not bleed or if you happen to see him like, you know, make a moment of hem in class, then you might be inclined to think, oh, he's just like a drama queen. Yeah, I'd be a little tired of his shit by now, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. I'd be like, oh, get over yourself. Like there were, uh, when I was in high school, there were, there's one fellow who is uh, reasonably famous in certain circles. I don't know if he's internationally famous. He's had at least one uh, beloved supporting role in in a show that has been big internationally. You may know his name, you may not. I'm not going to name him, but he was a pill in high school uh, because he already had a, a modicum of uh, of success for whatever it it meant to be a successful actor, performer, whatever, in, in the high school age. Uh, and yeah, it was exasperating to have to deal with him. And uh, for the same reason, <laughs> because he was already a drama queen who was uh, a bit full of himself. Even if he had been involved in impressive things, it was exasperating and exhausting to to, to be part of it. So I almost wonder if Quoth is, through no fault of his own, um, making people tired of him by being this figure of uh, legend. Yeah, I, I do think that your tolerance for having Quoth as a friend is directly proportional to your tolerance in general for having friends who are going to be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair point. Is there anything else you want to talk about? on Just just that it's not really on today's page, but now that you mention it, like I guess Quoth is like buying dinner for his friends now, but just thinking about like what do Quoth's friends get back? You know, not that friendship is transactional, but, you know, generally when there's a lasting friendship, there's something positive in it for everybody. Um, so what is positive in it for close friends? I'm not saying that things are maybe, negative for them, but maybe he's good company. He's yeah. like fun to have around. That's really like that's like the bare minimum of what one wants in a friend, frankly, is someone who's like fun to spend time with. And I think both is fun to spend time with by and large. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, we'll know? see when the chips come down, as I'm sure they will. All right. Uh, do we have a letter to read today? We do, but I think it bears waiting for Jordana to return. So we can put a pause on letters for now. So be Jordana it. And finds her way out of Boxville. Yeah, you better hope that she uh, climbs her way out of Boxville before tomorrow's page of The Wind. Wind.